But I just want to share a little bit with you from the scriptures because I think it is important that as we've engaged in responsive reading, as we've worshipped our Lord in song, as we've worshipped our Lord in prayer, that it's important that we centralize our entire service on the word of God, on the scriptures, because we know that the scriptures are the word of life. The scriptures are absolute and objective truth that never change and that they endure forever. So if you happen to bring your Bibles tonight or if you've got a Bible on your tablet or your iPhone, uh, just turn on there to Matthew chapter 1 and we're going to begin in verse 18. Matthew chapter 1 beginning in verse 18. So there's really two accounts in scripture of the birth, the nativity of Christ. Luke has a more detailed version, but this morning we actually went through a sermon about the genealogy of Christ found there in the first part of chapter one. Tonight we're gonna to talk about the king is coming right before his birth. And then next week we're gonna talk about as the wise men came and worshiped him in next Sunday's sermon. And there's three different things that I want us to look at, three different commands here in this scripture that I want us to briefly look at that God gives to Joseph, Jesus's adopted earthly father. As you know, Joseph was very concerned about the situation. In that Jewish culture, they had a type of an engagement, but it wasn't the same kind of an engagement that we have today in our culture. It was called a betrothal. And basically, once you were betrothed to the one you were to marry, it was a done deal. It was as though you were married, yet you weren't living together yet, yet you weren't having a romantic relationship yet. And this was the point where Joseph and Mary were. They were in the betrothal before their wedding. And one day, Joseph realized that Mary is pregnant. Mary's got a little baby in her belly. And immediately, Joseph is concerned, as I think all people would be. But then Joseph gets a comforting message from a special messenger that tells him three different things that he must do in order to ensure that this special baby is taken care of, who this baby is, and what this baby is going to achieve in the world. So here at Pole Creek, we always stand for the reading of God's word. So if you will, just stand for a moment as we read the scripture, and then we will begin to look at it. So beginning in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1, the Bible says this, The birth of Jesus came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Let's pray. God, as we study your word and as we look at what you have for us, as we as a, a people look toward Christmas and the celebration of you and your birth, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, if there be anyone here who doesn't know you, Lord Jesus, as their Savior, the one who came and died so that we could be saved, I pray tonight would be that night, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would touch those of us who know you, that you would ignite in us a passion to tell others about you, that many people might come to faith in the Lord Jesus and be saved. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So the first command that the angel comes and tells Joseph is, marry her. 
Just marry her because he's thinking, okay, I've got to tuck and I've got to run and I've got to go. This is not right. Something's wrong here. And the angel comes and says, marry her. Did you hear right there in verse 18? We go on back there. It says, the birth of Jesus came about this way after his mother, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph. It was after the engagement. And here Joseph was struggling. It says in verse 19, her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man, didn't want to disgrace her publicly. So he was going to end the betrothal privately. But after he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what, she ha what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to take just a moment and realize this. Jesus did not have a biological earthly father. Joseph was not Jesus' biological father. Jesus was born of a woman conceived by the Holy Spirit. That's what we call the doctrine of the virgin birth. Because here's, what's, here's why it's so important that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary and did not have a biological father. Because we believe that Jesus is fully God and that he's fully man. And if Jesus is fully God, that means that he is perfect enough to take your place on the cross and to pay for your sins. Because he knew no sin because he is God and he's holy. But here's the issue. If he was only God... God cannot bleed. God cannot die. And the Bible teaches us that there is no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. We see that throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament as Jesus comes on the scene and is the perfect sacrifice for us all. Even in the Old Testament, it said that Jesus would be like a slam slaughtered, that he would be slain before the foundation of the world. And here we understand that the reason that Jesus had to come and take on human flesh like each one of us, although he is fully God, he became fully man in order to die for each and every one of us. We believe in the virgin birth because the virgin birth is necessary. Because without the virgin birth, we have either a God who can't die or we have a man who can't save. But because Jesus was born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, he is holy enough to bear all your sins and yet human enough to die for your sins. It is the virgin birth. And here, God is telling Joseph through the angel, marry her. It's okay. She has not cheated on you, Joseph. She has remained faithful. Marry her. We see in Luke chapter 1, verse 31, the Bible says this. He's talking to Mary here, the, holy, or the angel is, and it says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, How can this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And we're so thankful that Joseph indeed obeyed what the angel commanded and he married Mary. But then there's another command that's mentioned here and it's what Joseph should name the child in verse 21. Did you hear what the Bible says? She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph is commanded to name the child Jesus because of what the name Jesus means. The name Jesus has its Hebrew origin, and it actually means that God is salvation. Jesus means God is salvation. He has come to save. The name commanded to Joseph signifies who the child is. 
He is a king who is God and has come to save. Jesus said in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. You know why Jesus came to this world? You know why he stepped off of his throne in heaven and willingly took on human flesh and entered into this world? was so that he could seek and save those who were lost. Hey, you know what? There was a time in my life when I was lost, when I had no hope of heaven, when I was lost in my sin, and I was drowning in my sin. And one day the Holy Spirit came my way and said, Ben, without Jesus, you have no hope. And you know what? That night I said yes to Jesus. And I said, Lord, based upon your death on the cross, based upon your resurrection from the dead, I trust you as my Savior. You know what the Bible says? It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It's a promise from Scripture. If you trust Jesus tonight, if you don't know him and you trust him tonight, the Bible says, you shall be saved. The one who was named Jesus, the one who is the God who saves, he'll save you tonight. Based upon the authority of God's word, he'll wash you and he'll cleanse you and he'll make you whole and he'll give you hope. You know what I love about being a Christian? is that God never leaves me or forsakes me. That even when the rest of the world may not have their back turned on me, whenever they run, whenever they hide, whenever they leave my side, you know what? God is always there. Hey, you know what? Christianity is not just about going to heaven, but it's about living this life right now in joy and in peace and in trusting the Savior. Having joy now, that's what Christianity is about, and it carries on into eternity forever and ever. But there's a third command here given to Joseph. Not only is he told to marry, Mary, he's told to name him Jesus, but then he refers back to an Old Testament prophecy and says, name him Emmanuel. We see in verse 22 there of Matthew 1, now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So yes, his name is Jesus because he is the God of salvation, but his name is also Emmanuel because he is God with us. Now, God could not have saved us if he had not been with us. It goes back to my very first point about this. In order for God to save us, he had to take on human flesh and dwell among us, become one of us so that he could die in our place, so that his blood could be shed as a sacrifice for all of our sins. Hey, listen, when Jesus died on the cross, it's hard to think sometimes that that precious baby that was born in a manger was conceived by the Holy Spirit in order to die on a cross. As you think about just the tenderness of a baby and how precious they are and how innocent they are, that that was God in the manger. He was fully God lying in that manger after being born. He was fully God in the womb. He was fully God in his teenage years and into his adult years. He was always fully God and fully man, and yet he did it for you, and he did it for me. So when we celebrate Christmas, you know what? Praise the Lord. When we sell, that's all right, you can say amen, Easton. Go ahead, buddy. We don't mind that a bit. When we celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating the fact that God is with us, that God came, he dwelt among us. The Bible says that we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And because he dwelt among us, because he is God with us, he was able to die for me and to die for you in our place on the cross. And you know what? He won victory over death, hell, and the grave because he didn't stay in that tomb. 
The Bible teaches us that he was only in the tomb a couple of days. And then he rose victorious over death and over sin. Here we see that Jesus truly is the God of salvation. That Jesus truly is the God who is with us. And we are so thankful for those two facts today. So today as we're here at a candlelight service, I just wanted to share some scripture with you because I wanted you to realize that as we light these candles, the, the, the light of the candle is resembling the truth of God's word. As we begin to read in John chapter 1, verse 1, just listen to me here. The Bible says this, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Hold on to that. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Here what he's talking about is he is talking about the word being Jesus Christ. God's word taken on flesh. Jesus was a communication from God to the world that I exist and that I am here to save you. And he was the light. It says in verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Talking about John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That light is Jesus Christ. So as we light these candles, and as we share in this time of worship and praise to our Father, I want you to realize that the light of Jesus Christ is so bright, the Bible teaches us that darkness cannot overcome it. And as we begin to light our candles here in just a moment, we're going to see that as we light these candles, the room is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And at one moment during this candle lighting, I'm going to come up front as we're singing worshiping, and I'm going to stand before you, and I'm going to raise my candle up. And when I do that, I want each and every one of you to do the same thing. Because what I want you to understand in that is that when we speak the truth, when we raise the light who is Christ, and we share with the world the one who died for them, you know what happens to the world? It becomes a brighter place. You know, it's so sad, the condition of our world. It's so sad, the condition of our community here in Candler that there is drug addiction, that there is domestic violence, that there is poverty, that there are so many issues that we see among us and we say, well, maybe if we can just vote for a better politician, this will all go away. I'm here to tell you that's not going to work. That politicians don't fix things. Hey, you know what the answer is? The gospel, the light. Did you know the gospel of Jesus Christ changes lives? That it changes a hard heart into a soft heart. It changes a violent man into a gentle man. It changes a drunk into someone who's sober. It changes a drug addict into someone who can operate and function in society. Hey, the gospel changes lives. And as the church, we've been called to share that light. Amen. 